swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. That hyphen is the space between you and us. It's at least six feet. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars, do all that good stuff. Uh, you can also head on over to twitch.tv slash Control Issues Pod, where we upload gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure every so often, and go to Twitter. At my Control Issues is the handle. Holler at us, we'll holler back. Yes. All right. So we are still here. The cities are. For the moment, no longer burning. <laughs> it's still intact. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been uh, it's been another crazy week, but I would say a more positive, if anything, as far as crazy week. Um, yeah, it, it got doing... a little it got a little off the chain for a second, but yeah. then it got back on the chain a little bit. Yeah, there is definitely a. Uh, just like at work, like having those Monday meetings and people are just like, I don't know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Is this going to go on forever? <laughs> like, you know, you gotta, <laughs> people losing it. <laughs> yeah, people like, it's just like they, I, mean, I guess because we had the LA riots, like we were old enough to be around for the LA riots. So you kind of yeah. feel like shit gets, shit's going to get shut down one way or another eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I, I think for people who weren't around, they were just like, I've, I've never seen, obviously a lot of, Nobody's ever seen anything like this at this grand of a scale because it's not just um, it's not just, not just one, one city. Yeah, it's an entire country. Um, so yeah, like people, it's just they've never seen it at this grand of a scale. But I mean, and so yeah, it it's like, just the same thing, just in more places. Yeah, and so it looked like for some people, like this was just going to be the start of a of a entire revolution where everything was just going to be burnt to the ground no 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 we're not yeah. quite at that stage of yeah. civil unrest yet i mean if unfortunately anything, i would say if anything uh what's cool is after all like the shock and awe of like the initial looting and just madness of that once like kind of like the ashes like like settled and we're able to like kind of dig through all the information you actually saw that once people were like educated that there were people trying to cause trouble, the more level-headed people actually made a note, took note, and actively tried to anticipate some of people, some of the people who were trying to cause trouble. And yeah. so it seemed like things got back under control, which is good. <laughs> I mean, that was an old-school trick out of the out of the anti-peaceful protest playbook, but that kind of thing doesn't work too well these days. You got people connected little computers in their pocket (laughs) talking to each other in real time across the planet so you can't really get away with helping to instigate 
chaos and like think you're just nobody's gonna know it was you or get a picture or a video and have you plastered all over the internet yeah and people definitely tried to make a point to make the distinction between protesters and looters that they're not the same people yeah Um, yeah and the people who give a shit actually took note (laughs) yeah uh, other than that, though, it's a first. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, how how have you been on a personal level? Just hanging in there, man. Just staying disciplined. You know, eating, eating it is under control. Making sure that I'm staying stimulated creatively. Uh, still having trouble with my perception of time. <laughs> yeah. Like I know what time it is and all that stuff, but as far as how much time has passed that's becoming an issue because it's just like all the days are running together it's just sun up sundown sun up sundown sun up sundown yeah <laughs> and it, it's just all the same what i'm not mad at don't get me wrong but at the same token is it's playing tricks on me yeah like the theory <laughs> of relativity is playing <laughs> like it's just in effect right now like you can just see how based on your situation time is not really flowing the the way it normally is or at least perceived to flow (laughs) exactly so i dusted off my copy of the universe in a nutshell and yeah i'm getting ready to read that after i'm done with my will eisner book oh nice yes uh how how about gaming what what you've been playing (laughs) played a little a little more Bioshock Infinite got to a point where Elizabeth found out that I was contracted to bring her to somebody for reasons I know not. And that's all I'm there to do. Very Last of Us-like. So that's pretty interesting that 2K put out what is very similar to the story of The Last of Us in Bioshock Infinite before The Last of Us came out. So that's pretty cool. Um, gave that a rest. And I noticed that Steam was having a sale because I had a little game by the name of Pathway on my wish list and it emailed me telling me that the game had gotten a price drop. So I went in, it was marked 50% off, got it for eight bucks, tried to run it on my, my iMac that I'm talking to you guys on. It was like just lukewarm molasses. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't want to move at all. So I was like, all right, I'll try it on my laptop. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And I'll wait until it gets ported or if I get a better system or something. Fired it up on the laptop. Even though the fans get going like crazy and it drains the battery in like a few hours, <laughs> it, it runs well enough for me to be able to enjoy it. And I must say that I am overly surprised by how well put together this game is while also paying homage, showing influence to the games that help, you know, put together its design. Uh, So basically Pathway is a game by Chucklefish. You play as a group of little ragtag treasure hunters. You guys go out in your Jeep, you're trekking across the desert, you're participating in these adventures, but along the way, you encounter several events as you hop from each node of the map in a given adventure toward the end or toward your destination. And, you know, you make decisions, you, you gamble a little bit with whatever the outcomes may be. You're trying to get yourself better loot. You're trying to get experience. You're 
trying to fight your way through the Nazis in order to find the treasures, find your people, rescue villagers, whatever else happens along the way. You're trying to come out on top. So I very much enjoy it. If I were to describe it to anybody, I would say it's as if Uncharted and FTL came together and had a love child. So if you could imagine FTL, but taking place in the Uncharted universe and it has turn-based tactical cover-based combat, you'd be in the ballpark of what Pathway is. So in in comparison to FTL, it definitely has a much higher production value. Uh, in FTL, a lot of it is text-based, so you're making decisions and you're not really seeing your decisions play out. You're just getting text feedback and it also affects your stats and things like that or gives you items or takes away resources depending on whatever the outcome is with pathway you have that same text feedback but you also have a little window that's showing you the scene where people are in the scene and depending on the choices you make characters may reposition themselves and do different things each character has their own list of perks they have like two perks and one of them is usually an ability that helps them in the combat scenario or just as a character and then there's another perk that gives them dialogue choices so for instance i was in an event where we pull up to a cliff we're looking over we see a camp a germans down there and there's a boulder We have the option of attacking, leaving, and then there's a special option for the brute perk, which one of my characters has, and that's to push the boulder down the camp. So that's what I do. Sometimes it kills everybody. Sometimes it just kills a couple people, and then we have to go down there and engage in a combat scenario with fewer enemies. So decisions like that help give you a little more texture, a little more flavor, a little little more outcomes to the events that might take place. Uh, you, you go into the adventure with three characters and when you're choosing the adventure, you have the ability to increase the number of enemies in a combat scenario. You can increase the resources you have or you can decrease these things. Uh, once you beat a given adventure, you can also increase the difficulty level, which increases the level of the loot you get. Now, it's it has roguelike elements or it's it's put together so closely to what ftl is that it seems like a roguelike however and in pathway you don't lose your progress or your items so right now i've been farming the first adventure i've beaten it now i'm just leveling up my characters i'm getting loot stacking up my my money and buying upgrades outside of the game that'll help them like i expanded the inventory of my jeep from 10 to 20 slots uh you can keep items in the inventory of your jeep whatever your characters have equipped on them they keep the loot has tiers there's common stuff you know rare epic legendary i got a a few people with legendary knives got them sneaking up meleeing hit them with the bleed (laughs) it's awesome uh you have you have a a wide bevy of characters to choose from, but they're not all unlocked at the start. You have to perform certain feats in order to unlock the other characters. Like I just unlocked one in the last game I played before the show where I had to 
kill five enemies with bleed damage. So I just got that and uh, unlock the character. I believe her main weapon is a knife, which is kind of wild because every other character's main weapon is a gun. So it'll be interesting to play with a character whose who's weapon is a knife. I have, I was lucky enough to find an item that complements specifically her play style of rolling with the knife. And it, there was something where it increases, it increases like its reach or something or, or its critical chance. There's something about the knife that it improves and I'm gonna hook her up with that. But yeah, Pathway was a pleasant surprise. Look for that on Steam. Hopefully they port that over to PS4 at some point because I would definitely double dip and play with that DualShock. Uh, outstanding game. Looking forward to playing more of it after this show. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh man, I wish I'd been playing Pathway because after I, I had never even heard of this game, and after I saw that trailer, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is, it. It was at the level of when the first time I saw Disco Elysium, I'm like, "Oh, they made a game just for me, and I need to play this game." Oh, man. Thankfully, Disco Elysium still on the way. Yeah, thankfully that's getting ported. Um, and then after seeing this one, it's like Shh, I need to get my hands on this thing, uh, or figure out how to get my hands on it. Um, so yeah, um, obviously not playing Pathway. So um, I pretty much, oh yeah, with what you were saying, um, as far as sales, I didn't want to pass up on this. But if you're a PlayStation Online subscriber, uh, they have an event right now. I think it's Days of Play, but they're um, they're giving the PlayStation Online uh, a discount a yearly dis the yearly subscription discount for forty bucks, I believe. Oh, uh, oh. on that and pick that up real quickly. You damn right. So I'm good until 2021. God damn. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I played some a little more Octopath Traveler. Um, in the final chapters, I played through. So I had my the very first char- character I started out with. Um, so what happens when you select that character to run it back, you that person is then locked onto your team, which means you'll you'll get other you'll get new characters that you can add to your party. Your party size is a total of four, and you can switch out any of those characters except for the very first character you choose, because that character for some reason then becomes like the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that character stuck with your team, and with that, um the experience isn't shared as far as if they're not in the party, they won't, the character won't get experience. Um, so your lead guy, the one that's stuck on your team just gets all the experience because he's always around. So he's just like, he's at, for me, he's at level 50 while all the other characters at four, are at 40. So he's just a powerhouse, somewhat overpowered if uh, you could say. Um, but yeah, so I played through his final chapter, played through his storyline and then after I beat the final boss for his story, um, it actually ran credits. Uh, and so I was like, what? Like, I beat the game, but I didn't get to see all the other characters, like, final storylines, uh, all their final chapters. But obviously, uh, the, the credits rolled, and it lets me know, um, basically, I can hop back into my save. And with that, um, I can then take that main protagonist out of the group, but I can still also play through all the other character storylines. Of course, I left him still in the party because he's OP, so I'll make it a little faster to just play through all the other final chapters with the other characters. So that's where I'm at right now as I'm playing through now the final chapters of the other seven characters. Um, and so far, it's great. Like it's The characters, 
because they have their own storylines there there's a lot of attention to detail with each of the characters so they're fully fleshed out and they have their entire like narrative arcs which is awesome um so yeah other than that played a little more apex and haven't hopped on to our next switch game after beating uh luigi's mansion so yeah it's just Mm -hmm. been mainly a octopath traveler week um, Damn, putting in that quality time. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great quality time too. Love that game, absolutely. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of, of the, the week. week. Uh, this is a follow up to last week's story. So, Ada, what you got? Well, <laughs> last week we were very excited to tell everybody listening that we were going to see some PS5 games uh, this past Thursday, June. Sony had announced their PS5 lineup reveal. We were going to see some compelling software. However, things didn't pan out that way. Unfortunately, some very significant events unfolded over the past week with protests breaking out all over the world in response to the murder of George Floyd. Uh, Things just escalated, man. AMC, (laughs) can you tell them what's going on? Um... As far as with the PlayStation event? Uh, no, with the, the uprisings. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there were, there were the uprising. There were the, the peaceful protesting, and then there was the looting and all the conspiracy theories that you can yeah. <laughs> choose to read in. That are sure to follow. Yeah, because I mean, there's some crazy stuff like piles of bricks being found at like the protest sites and stuff like that. Like, who were like, who are bringing like all these bricks to then hand out to the, the looters and stuff like that. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of like madness here. I even saw setting up riots like events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, I even saw like John Jones, just like walking the streets of Albuquerque, grabbing um, spray cans from uh, like looters and obviously oh, wow. trying to create destruction. Yeah. Um, I dare, I dare you to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like just walking up to kids and these kids look like, like um, obviously it's like, um, a lot of the protests are backed by uh, Black Lives Matter, and uh, which is which, which has been pretty cool. Is that um, very um, multicultural, or at least uh, a lot of different ethnicities showing up to these protests, which is awesome. It's not just black people. And um, funny, like seeing like as John Jones is walking around grabbing like spray spray cans and stopping looters, like it's just like look like a lot of bunches a bunch of skaters and so it was, it was yeah. interesting to see um who was actually showing up and looting not to say that black people weren't looting but that was also um everybody was looting <laughs> yeah exactly everybody was looting. <laughs> yeah so there was there was all the badness but then right around like monday all the curfews started kicking in we get um the presidential address on the matter and then um things actually started to kind of like calm down and then um, now the voices were starting to be heard. The dialogue started. Companies started having their statements, and um, yeah. And so this is where we jump back into what you got with PlayStation. Yeah, Sony was among the many companies that offered up a statement of support toward the movement, toward the protests, and the June Fourth event was postponed. We haven't gotten a new date yet, but we imagine it'll come sometime relatively soon. I mean, this is. Also, in part to another story that we're going to talk to you about, 
a little later, probably right after this. But from Sony, it says, we have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PlayStation 5 games, we do not feel that right now is the time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, there was um, kind of a discussion like after that because um, there were other events um, that were then subsequently like canceled with other developers and showcases. Um, and people were like wondering like, oh yeah, like are they going to do that? And I guess um, a part, so you kind of read it in the statement, but really like what does it mean um, to cancel or at least postpone an event to get out of the way of the movement? Like um, how, do, how did you like take that? I, I I took it as a very kind gesture. I took it as not necessarily something that they had to do, but something that was in fact a wise decision. And yeah, it's a great show of support to take away something that people's eyes and ears could be distracted by and make what's going on out in the streets across the globe the focal point of what conversation and coverage is going to be about. I mean, it's there are definitely two very different things, but it you'd be lying to yourself if you said that the Sony announcement wouldn't pull away some attention, mind share coverage if they just went out and did their thing. So, you know, it's a good move. I applaud them for it. And we're just going to have to wait and see what the future of gaming looks like. But there's something much more important than video games going on right now. Everybody needs to pay attention and, you know, try not to be upset. Yeah, and it's very specific to this situation right now because I felt like in the past um, when these things were brought up with like uh, brutality and just injustice in general, there was kind of a, um, yeah, I don't want to hear about this or like this is kind of a downer. Like um, you see like with people kneeling, it's like, oh, like keep politics out of the sport. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of um, like quieting of the people who are like upset. And so there's very a much lot of, a lot of postponing. Yeah, yeah. And so with this one, that's very different is it seems like for the people who do care, they are saying, no, we want to listen now. We want to hear your story. We want to understand your experience. And um, with that, like, by postponing, it's basically allowing those people to have um, a little more room to then speak freely and also be heard. Um, you're not you know, like with like the internet, like um, just in general, there's a ton of content, there's a ton of distractions. So a lot of things that like swell up um, are usually just within these pockets. But then if you get out of the way, these pockets now have a greater um a greater voice to then project and express themselves and which is cool because people want to hear about like what's going on the the, the unique experience of being black in america which mm -hmm. is cool and so i think that's um it's not just about oh we don't want to announce something while something very negative is going on it's we want to actually contribute to the um the progression that is needed for something for this specific situation and that's very <laughs> awesome and speaking of contributing, you have any news about that? Yes, sir. So um, this is kind of a roundup of just everything that companies are doing. So um, it's one thing to, I guess, release a statement 
and that's about it like just say like oh we stand in solidarity solidarity with black lives matter um but people want to know like what actions like certain companies are doing and in general i mean these companies all like take a beating if you listen to the show like we're often mm-hmm. kind of defending the companies in in certain situations we we definitely uh we we get we definitely take them down when there's uh when it's necessary but then we also have to defend the good things that they do as well mm-hmm. and so with that um yeah let's talk about some of the actions that these companies have done in solidarity with black lives matter so specifically on the donation standpoint um here are a couple of things I pulled. Uh, so with EA, EA has donated $1 million to organizations such as Equal Justice Initiative and the NAACP Legal Defense and Education uh, Fund with CEO Andrew Wilson stating on a blog that, that this was a part of an ongoing long-term commitment. Um, on top of that, Square Enix has pledged $250,000 to anti-racism charities while Ubisoft is donated, and you'll have to excuse that. I got this from Metro UK, so there's going to be pounds used here. But Ubisoft yeah. has donated the equivalent of 70, 79,000 pounds, and Devolver Digital has uh, donated 52,000 pounds. Uh, on top of that, the Pokemon Company has pledged $200,000 in support of Black Lives Matter movement and the NAACP. And there is a story uh, circulating, but nothing um announced as far as um but there was also a little talk about nintendo matching donations uh from their employees towards um black lives matter so that's awesome uh then on top of that uh infinity ward they uh said they're going to be stepping up their efforts to thwart racism um and call of duty so this is coming from Eurogamer. Uh, there's no place. So this is from the statement from Infinity War. There is no place for racist content in our game. This is an effort we began with the launch, and we need to do. Uh, we need to do a better job. We're there issuing, we go. <laughs> we're issuing thousands of bans of racist and hate-oriented names, uh, but we know we have to do more. Uh, They continue to outline this now. However, the developer has publicly committed to taking more steps to combat racism in its game, announcing its intention to increase resources to monitor and ID racist content, to improve and add more in-game reporting systems that will make it easier to report offenses and raise the number of bans per hour, and to add filters and greater restrictions on players name changes uh, players name changes to increase permanent and also to increase permanent bans to root out repeat defenders uh, offenders <laughs> so Damn. which is cool um we've seen this with uh overwatch uh they've made efforts to kind of um limit the the effect that the toxic community the the more toxic and negative parts of its community uh, have on the greater community of Overwatch players. And what's cool here is like, I mean, if you played any game online, um, I'm pretty sure you have like, you've witnessed it, but you'll just hop on and there'll be either some kid, possibly an adult, just, just throwing out the N word. (laughs) Like it's like just nothing. (laughs) So I'm playing uncharted two online (laughs) PS3, this is last gen. I'm in the living room with my family showing them Uncharted. Like, I think it's my dad and my brother. And as soon as you get in the lobby, some kid is just chanting the N word. <laughs> and I'm, 
chanting just <laughs> for no reason. And I'm just scrambling on the controller, mute, mute him, mute. Oh, man. That was an embarrassing and hurtful moment. Yeah, and it's interesting because it says that they've been, um, I guess, taking actions towards like trying to limit racism or racist interactions with their online community. But I mean, it seemed like up until now, the only thing you could do was really your only action was to mute. And so, like every in any game I play, my first action is to mute, and that was part of it. And it's it almost seemed like this had been an accepted part of your online experience if you yeah. want to interact with people is you're going to deal with some homophobia and some racism and it did kind of suck because i definitely just made a point to not interact with people online because you know you just don't want to think the worst of humanity and you don't want that to just affect your experience because you enjoy the game it's just the people which, there yeah. take away from it sorry what were you gonna say yeah i was just saying which completely defeats the point of connecting with people in the first place yeah, and so it's cool to see that Infinity Ward at least is taking some um, progressive actions towards trying to limit this and just do better by their community to make the overall quality of the experience a lot better for the people who just want to have a fun time <laughs> playing their I game. I mean, back in the people. good old days of multiplayer, when you actually had to be at the arcade or be at somebody's house, you didn't have to worry about some kid from halfway across the world being in the, just walking in the room chanting the N-word. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like you knew everybody, you had your network. Yeah, and that's, I mean, if we're talking about like somewhat unique experiences because obviously like everybody gets on white, black, whatever, and you do hear people saying the N-word, but it's definitely a little different when you're because they don't even know like they're just throwing it out there like it's shotgun shotgun pellets just they're just spraying it out there because they don't know if they're playing with actual black people Um, but they're throwing it out there just hoping that maybe there is like a black person out there to kind of just blow their mind and it does suck and so that is something that is very unique to the black gaming experience that you just kind of just have to put up with the shit if you want to interact with people um and you can go into an anonymous room and somebody hates you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> like, it's one of those things too. It's obviously not the majority of gamers, but like you're in a group of say ten people. All it takes is one person to kind of ruin the experience for everybody. And I'm I'm a, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, and at least in the past, you didn't really have a way to act upon it other than muting the person. But now you can report like. The great thing is that with the improvement of technology, you can report somebody and they can just go look back at the footage and then uh, and then rule on that and then ban people. And it's cool that to see that also, if you continue to do it, they're going to actually permanent ban you. So it's like, we don't need your money. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and so you have to move on or at least get a new IP. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And especially with the fact that like, if these things are locked to your, like, say, PlayStation ID, it's a lot harder to then just create a new account. So, um, yeah, this is it's great to see that they're taking those actions. There was uh, actually one more thing. Uh, so, on top of that, Rockstar, uh, they went ahead and they shut down their online. So, 
this is coming from Rockstar in a tweet to honor the legacy of George Floyd today, 6-4-2020, uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, we will be shutting down access to our online games, uh, those being Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Online, which mm-hmm. if you know anything about Grand Theft Auto Online, it's easily the biggest one of the biggest communities out there and in red dead a growing community and to take those two and just shut it down for two hours all it takes is those two hours and that's enough to at least let people know that uh where where they stand um and that like it's it's not a huge inconvenience but it's enough to it's not maybe not going to change minds but it's at least going to bring make I create attention. And with that, I, I think oh, I like glossed over, I believe it was a Call of Duty. Um, they had actually put up a, I guess, I don't know if it's a Black Lives Matter loading screen or just like um, like the, the start screen. But as people hopped online, they were the first thing they saw was a message, um, which was their statement on their solidarity with Black Lives Matter, which was also cool. So it was very uh, unavoidable in that way. If you were trying to escape it, you you try to enjoy their content, you're going to see it no matter what. That mirror is coming to look you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to hold that mirror up to you. You're either going to recede into the darkness or you're going to burn in the cleansing light of truth. So um, overall, like uh, just hearing all of this and seeing all this, um, how personally, how did, how did you feel about it? I mean, it's, it's nice to have, all these companies and groups and things like that stepping up and saying outright that they support this cause. I know that that's a big deal for companies because you're automatically going to turn off some segment of your consumer base. So it isn't just free marketing. It isn't just, you know, a PR move. That's a long-term business decision that, you know, it could it could affect these businesses in a very big way. It might affect them in a small way. It just depends on what their customer base is already made out of. But you know, this isn't, this isn't free. This isn't easy. Like this comes at a cost. And if they're willing to make that kind of sacrifice to stand with us, then I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. It's um, I know for some people it's like, Oh, too little, too late. But I think it's, you know, it just, it's, it's once again it's indicative of this situation where there are a lot of people who didn't want to stir the pot or just like just you know let's just keep things moving let's keep things progressing people are as long as everybody's eating we can kind of gloss over these situations and like once again like uh with like covid like people just being home it um it just happened to be the perfect time for something like this to unfortunately happen but then to kind of get the flames going and get people uh upset and it is nice to see that um the companies are responding because like when if you go back to Kaepernick kneeling the NFL they didn't want to stir the pot and they didn't want to take a stand on it and so they allowed a lot of the people who are upset to basically say like this is not cool and Mm -hmm. they didn't take a stand on either side of it they allowed everybody to say what they wanted against it yeah (laughs) to the point where you see was it mike pence showing up to a game and and then ceremony ceremoniously leaving as kaepernick yield um (laughs) during the national anthem yeah yeah and there's a lot of, <laughs> the vice president showed up to hate on you. <laughs> yeah, which is very ironic because once the the looting and the rioting started, you started seeing the statements from 
Trump and Mike Pence saying, uh, we're all for peaceful protesting. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, but when they were peacefully protesting, you were outraged. Yeah. <laughs> Walking out of games. You made a show of force. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah. And we even saw this week, the NFL publicly said that we got it wrong. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. You think? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting because there will be people more than likely kneeling once the NFL comes back. And uh, uh, they've now that they've publicly stated where they stand, um, they're going to have to back that up and they can't flip-flop uh, because the advertisers are upset or because, because a segment of their audience wants nothing to do with it. Um, yep, it's time to change for real this time. Yeah, and so I think uh, what's good is there's – enough movement right now that the companies i think the companies that didn't want to make a statement out of uh just trying to sit on the fence now have it's allowed them to speak freely um or at least just try to say the right thing and do the right thing and it's really cool to see that you're now getting these bigger companies like backing you and um yeah it's nice i am when nike back kaepernick uh, all the people burning their nike apparel yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. Like, are people going to be out in the streets burning their? Well, they probably are burning their Ubisoft games already. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was before the statement. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's nice. It's um, where we were last week. My big worry was that with all the looting, that the message would be lost because there were there were the people who were focusing on the looting and just trying to say that these protesters are also looters, but. Um, it's nice that the message still stands strong and the movement still stands and the looting didn't derail the people who are trying to do some good out here. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're, we're at a better place come Sunday uh, from where we were last Sunday. <laughs> and that brings us to our next topic of the week. <laughs> Top topic of the week. Um, this is uh this is a fun one. Hey, eh, Doug. <laughs> It is a fun one. There is one company that they had something to say. Yeah, they, they, didn't <laughs> they weren't going to let anything stop them. Yeah, they, were, they weren't going to postpone anything. because This they, announcement could not waste. Yeah, and so in this topic, um, yes, Sega has announced that they will be releasing the Game Gear Micro. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so let's, get, let's just give you some deets. Uh, The Game Gear Micro is currently available to pre-order in Japan. It launches October 6th. At the moment, we don't have a Western release window unless that came out recently. You got anything? Yes. um, So they're going to be releasing it for 4,980 yen, which is roughly $46. Um, Oh, that's going to be (laughs) (laughs) $49.99. The details with uh, the form factor. So... The Sega Game Gear Micro is tiny indeed. It is 88 millimeters wide, which is roughly 3.15 inches. Uh, it is 43. But that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It is 43 millimeters tall, which is 1.7 inches. So it's 1.7 by 3. And then the screen measures to 1.15 inches diagonally. <laughs> About oh a third. My God. <laughs> yeah. To basically to set it to scale, it is roughly the third third of the size of the original 
uh, Game Gear LCD screen and or much tinier than the two inch screen in the Game Boy Micro. <laughs> or so you can kind of put this together at home. It's about the width of your eyeball. <laughs> uh, so a couple more details a dub um it's going to come out in four different colors oh lord each of the different <laughs> colors is going to have its own set of games so um, excuse me so with the four colors comes four games so with the black game gear you get uh sonic the hedgehog puya puya 2 outrun and royal stone uh the blue game gear comes with Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Animal, oh animal. My God. <laughs> uh, the yellow game gear micro comes with Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden Two, Shining <laughs> Force Gaiden: The Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo Arle No Ro. <laughs> they didn't have another Shining Force Gaiden. <laughs> Um, on a side note, I, I did play Shining Force back on, I think Shining Force might have been my introduction to uh, tactical turn-based uh, gameplay, and so yeah, those games actually were pretty incredible. And then one more, the red Game Gear Micro will come with Mega Kami, Mega, oh, sorry, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible. Oh my gosh. Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special. Okay. The GG Shinobi. And columns. <laughs> that double G Shinobi. <laughs> um, oh, so wait a minute. So instead of releasing four different colors, all of which have the same 16 games, they're using the colors to have different libraries on each one of these. So you, if you wanted all the games for the Game Gear Micro, you had to buy $200 worth of hardware. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're not like you think about it. Like you get the um, what's the PlayStation Classic? Yeah. How much? How much were those running for? I think it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and that had like around like thirty game or oh, maybe sixteen games or so. Yeah. But you had to buy a separately sold power adapter. Yeah, but with this, you're buying four different consoles for roughly two hundred bucks. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on a second. I got a few more details. Oh yeah, what, what else have we got? Ada? <laughs> so, it could be charged via a USB, but it's powered using two AAA batteries. <laughs> oh, we bring it. We bring it back. The AAA batteries. We bring it back. Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it's what? It's one third the size of the original Game Gear. Yeah, and that thing. Uh, did you own uh, Game Gear? Yeah, I actually just put it in a bin and stuffed it in the closet with my GameCube, my two NDSs, my Genesis. And, I mean, uh, it, what else was in there? I think, and a uh, Game Boy, a Game Boy Color, and a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were Antifa or a radical right nationalist, you could definitely use the Game Gear to cause some trouble. That thing was huge, heavy, and bulky. And I think it, yeah. it, it used uh, three. Three double, no, six double A batteries. Yeah. So I was going to say it's the size of the original Game Gear. Uh, it's one third the size and it uses one third the battery. Yeah. It's, uh, it was absolutely out of control. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would definitely look back at it now and say it wasn't the most banger of, uh, 
at least libraries. But no. uh, <laughs> like I, only it, the absurdity of the hardware itself and just this Sega multiples of three thing they had going on is are the only noteworthy aspects of it. And if I remember right, like just they might have gotten to color before Game Boy did, so that was also oh, yeah. a big that was a big selling point. Mm-hmm. Um I remember that like I enjoyed the Sonic games, uh, but really it was I was at that young age, that perfect young age where I was pretty much buying all of the uh, the licenses. So it'd be like they got a Spider Man in the Sinister Six game, getting that. I believe they had um, they had multiple X Men games. I think one of the the big ones was X Men, like a uh, Mutant Legacy or some shit like that, or the Extinction right. the Extinction Agenda. What I loved about that one is, uh, so this is right around the 90s X-Men. It's like that, the, uh, that cartoon with like the Stan Lee drawings. And so that was like the introduction of like Bishop. And so I loved Bishop. Uh, kind of like other than Storm, like first black male character in X-Men. Yeah. Strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, his ability was that he could absorb, uh, he could take in mutant attacks and then redirect it. And he so in take the, all that hate that you, that you send in his way, send it right back at you. Exactly. And then so uh, a perk with his character was uh, if you're attacked, it built up his uh, mutant power, which then you could then use to, you had a gun, it basically loaded bullets into that gun, which you shot out in energy blast. So it was a cool like uh, side effect of his ability is that like you were always getting stronger as you were taking damage. (laughs) That's dope. So, but I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say that it was the greatest library uh, when in comparison to just the Game Boy or, any other handheld or just console. Uh, but yeah, so, but they're bringing it back in micro form. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not having it. Not at all. Like this thing, it, it looks like a joke. <laughs> it, it very much, you know what, the way I look at it is that because nobody asked for this and they figured, I'm, I'm assuming the library wasn't up to par. They're like, well, how can we, sell this in a gimmicky way where at least the collectors will want to get behind this. And so they do this micro thing in different colors with different games. And so they know at least the collectors will be there day one to buy this. Maybe that's why it's only being released in Japan. (laughs) They could have just put out a slim version of the Game Gear with a lithium-ion internal battery, rechargeable, put like 10 games on it, and they they would have been geniuses. Yeah, but nah. That's but nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, Another good game was a uh, Lion King, if I remember, <laughs> on the uh, Game Gear. <laughs> I mean, we got some people who have some feelings about the Game Gear Micro. Oh, oh yeah. We, we got some trolls of the week. Oh, we got some trolls of the week. So, as you guys can already surmise, these trolls are coming sideways at the Game Gear Micro announcement. Uh, As you should know, for context, Sega had been hyping up an announcement. They were going to make a big announcement for their 60th anniversary. So, this was it. And, nah, son, you landed flat on your face. Uh, These trolls will let you know all about it. First troll says, how are you supposed to see... What the fuck is going on? (laughs) So as you guys know, one inch screen, 1.15 inch screen, as anyone in this world would tell you, an inch ain't, you can't do nothing with that. You can't do nothing with that. (laughs) Next troll says, it's about gameplay, not graphics. 
Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and in response to that one, someone follows up and says, bruh, I can't even see the graphics. It's just colors moving. <laughs> it's just... It's <laughs> well, well, A-Dub, actually, is this, is this a good point to do a follow-up with that story? How do you mean? Okay, so uh, they also announced further, this uh, coming from Polygon, so playing those games on such a tiny screen is likely to be an eye strain, uh, but Sega has a solution, the big window micro magnifying glass. <laughs> so basically, the story with that is getting your hands on the big window micro requires pre-ordering all four Game Gear micro units at the same store in Japan, at least. Um, in Japan, at least. So you have to pre-order all four. So you drop that $200 or whatever in yen, and then they'll throw in a shiny micro uh, magnifying glass so that it just basically similar to the Game Boy. If you had like one of the early Game Boys with the, uh, the light it, there, you could buy uh, a peripheral that you could attach to the Game Boy that added a magnifying glass and a light so that you could play in the dark. And so are they case, also are they also going to give you tiny little prosthetic hands so you could <laughs> use the <laughs> controller properly? Yeah. Use the buttons. That'd be awesome. Like there's no way I'm pressing an individual button on that thing with these fucking sausages. You're just you're hopping no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Just soft resetting. Yeah. <laughs> pressing every button at the same time. Yeah, resetting to form to factory settings. <laughs> it doesn't work right. Yeah. Uh, next show says, what is this? A handheld for ants. <laughs> I think so. Uh, next show says, that seems highly impractical. Another person. It'll, huh? it'll be Theo's first handheld. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's probably, he's, he's probably small enough for it now. He might swallow it. <laughs> You just hear sonic music coming from his belly. Yeah. That baby belly. <laughs> That'll be a hell of a diaper change. Uh, next troll says, noisy cricket. <laughs> Make a reference to Men in Black, the noisy cricket. Uh, next troll says, dumb. Mm-hmm. Following that one, they say, Sega doing what Sega does. <laughs> putting out crap no one would ever want. I love uh, what used to be uh, the slogan for Sega during their Nintendo Wars. It was, uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> and Nintendo, Nintendo would definitely not do this. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo would put out a uh, highly sought after, <laughs> fully featured, <laughs> extensive library hosting platform of a handheld console. Yes. Which they have done since the inception of the Game Boy. Just throwing that out there. Next troll says, this is why someone doesn't make consoles anymore. <laughs> when, you th- when you think the mini part is something that people care most about. Then the last troll says, was anybody asking for this real question? Yeah. I mean, so this is how like I look at a lot of things where it's, you want to give people, because there's always, if you go on any message board, there's everybody saying, this is what developers, this is what publishers need to do. This is what they need to do to get my money. Yeah. And then what is awesome is when the developer does something that you didn't think you wanted, but then you realize that you needed. And this unfortunately doesn't fall into that category. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no. 
No. This is That's just... going straight to the ball return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, this uh this is unfortunate. Um because yeah, it's not even it's not even like if they did like <laughs> A Neo Geo micro, like Neo Geo handheld micro, where it's like, oh shit, I can play, I can carry Metal Slug in my pocket or play yep. Samurai Showdown in my pocket. And it's $400. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is just like, what? Like, why would you do this? <laughs> so, yeah. And you really put money into this <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and presented this to the world as if it's like, yeah. It's, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. People are working in factories through COVID to get this shit out. <laughs> to get this shit out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, at least uh, with all the madness that's going on, we, we have some fun stories, Adam. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we got some more trolls, or is that it? That's it for the trolls. Oh, man. Um, you got anything else, Adam? Actually, I do. <laughs> all right, what, what else you got? Well, we were hit with another surprise announcement. This one a little a little bigger than the big little announcement from Sega. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning has been announced for August 2020. This is a remaster of the action RPG title Kingdoms of Amalur that came out last generation on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. It was originally from 38 Studios, which is now defunct. The property was seized by the state of Rhode Island, auctioned off. Uh, THQ Nordic picked it up, and now they are remastering this kind of slept-on title from last gen. So very excited about this. They're going to be enhancing the graphics, and one of the more interesting notes about their remaster that I caught was that they're also going to be making some changes to the combat to make it better. So, you know... It was already pretty fun to fight in that game. It'll be interesting to see what THU, Nord- THU Nordic thinks will enhance the overall experience. Uh, for those who probably haven't played Kingdoms of Amalur, it was developed by one of the lead designers on Elder Scrolls Oblivion. So imagine imagine Elder Scrolls with a richer color palette, uh, more streamlined mechanics that are more approachable, and better combat without you know, as many performance degrading bugs and things like that. So, you know, if that sounds like your jam, you might be interested. Again, this is coming out August 11th, 2020 for Xbox One, PS4. Uh, it'll be thirty nine ninety nine. So <laughs> <laughs> that's something you can hop into. AMC, how do you feel about this news? Yeah. Um, so I've heard, so I think it's good. Um, I've heard so many, like, so many great things about this game as far as it's one of those games that um i think the people who played it were like oh this is a really good game but just not everybody got to it and um i wouldn't say it's at this scale but um very similar to very much like the reaction with dragon's dogma where it's like people like the people who played it are like people need to play this game and i feel like kingdoms of amalur is one of those games that's like it's kind of sad like that this game that maybe wasn't like a 10 out of 10 it was enjoyable and um it was kind of like sad a 7.5 like, yeah yeah like mid-tier game um but uh yeah I, for the people who enjoyed it they were a little upset because they didn't get an opportunity to get that sequel that would then be kind of the refinement of the original mm-hmm. and so yeah it kind of and um 
I don't think it was this game in particular that led to like the downfall of that company because uh, I believe it was like this game's like sales maybe not maybe not have met uh, the projections, but then on top of that, they were trying to develop like a huge, massive multiplayer online game because that was like all the craze with like World of Warcraft, and um, that ended up just they sunk so much into that development and it just never uh, got to where they needed to. And then that the, the company just went defunct after that. But, and so that's why we never saw a sequel to Kingdom's Mom or if I remember. Oh that. yeah. So yeah, it's nice to see they, that. We're they defaulted on that loan from the state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to do too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's, it's nice that this game might get its due in a remaster and who knows, maybe you'll see a company like THQ Nordic show up and then put out like a sequel of this game. <laughs> All right. Hopefully depends on how the remaster does and hopefully they can get some of the talent that was involved in making the original, especially that lead designer, because that guy obviously knew what he was doing. With yeah. I think game. it was like maybe like Kurt Schilling or somebody was like behind like, uh, like, the at least like the development not the development but like the publishing well, of that game 38 studios was his his development studio and in the process of it going defunct he lost a lot of his personal fortune and then he started supporting make america great again and, <laughs> <laughs> and right-wing causes <laughs> and so, he became yeah. he became a troll and a message board <laughs> yeah. so you know in the end it's probably a good thing the kingdoms of Amalur has found a new home yeah it's like uh the karma the karma bug yeah. <laughs> showed up just a little bit yeah. um you got anything else other than that no, nah, that's it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I got a uh, question before we get out of here. We could we could go through this quickly. My so yeah, um, just taking advantage of the situation, there has been a lot of people like um, wanting to talk to people, or at least wanting to hear about unique the uniqueness of the black experience. And so I did have one question for you, A Dub. Okay. Um, do you have um, or what is your proudest moment as a black gamer is there anything specifically as a black person gaming and then you're like holy shit they did this or i played this or i experienced this where it felt unique to you as a uh, being black huh. you, you know off uh what you think yeah you, you know because i have no i never even thought about that okay because uh officially first the first i was initially going to ask you like do you consider yourself a black gamer or just a gamer and then I, just like, a gamer yeah and like as i thought about it what's kind of cool about gaming is that especially when we started is that like you basically played nintendo which is games that are, for the most part developed by japanese developers and so there wasn't really this thing like um like uh, movies or rap music where it's like well this is like a black movie or this is rap music and so this segment listens to this while this segment listens to this like there's not really that separation we all just experience the same game so there's not really that differentiation of the community um so like what's cool is yeah like it's very much it just felt like a gamer but something i will say that's like as far as like a proud moment and it's kind of funny is that uh i would say definitely it's san andreas i was just i was thinking about <laughs> that as you were leaning into it i was like i probably have to say the moment that I fired up San Andreas and just that beat. <laughs> yeah, it's just oh. the beat, like the production, playing as CJ. And what was cool about it is that like it was it's Grand Theft Auto. So 
they they're already an established franchise at this point. They had killed it with Grand Theft Auto Three and Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and so the community is there. And then they put out they take a chance and they're like, you know, what? we're going to do San Andreas, and they went with this '90s like this '90s era like Boys in Hood, Menace to Society, feel for the game, and it was like perfect. And in a way, like uh, what's kind of cool is uh, it was somewhat like it felt like. It felt like black exploitation, but in a way, how it's been, I guess, co-opted or like accepted by the black community as far as black exploitation with uh, movies. Like you, they call it black exploitation because it's straight up was exploitation. But then mm-hmm. the black community was like, you know what? But I'm kind of liking Dolomite. I'm kind of liking Shaft. Yeah. <laughs> so like it becomes this it makes thing me where, feel good about myself. Yeah, and then you see like, and then. To the point where, yeah, like Eddie Murphy puts out like "My name is Dolomite," uh, yeah. and like in honor of like yeah, Samuel L. Jackson does like a Shaft trilogy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with like San Andreas, like it is like leaning into a lot of like the tropes of like how people could see black people, gangsters, hip hop, and all that. But it's also what also what like um, people love about like when they like take in black culture. It's one of those things that like they also enjoy about it. And so this game, in a way, was, I think, because it sold well and people still played it and there wasn't, like, a lot of ho-hum, like, uh, this is just pandering, SJW bullshit. Like, it allowed for people to play it and just enjoy it. And so it felt like a good time to play a game that didn't just feel like uh, they were doing it just to do the right thing. They actually... Mm-hmm wanted to do it right and do give it its due and i felt like it was just a great game overall even though people and when they knocked it it wasn't for any of the stuff that was uniquely black it was because they put in rpg elements <laughs> with mm-hmm. like, the eating yeah. and getting fat yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> uh, i want to i want to work out <laughs> yeah <laughs> why wouldn't you fat <laughs> you went to the click and bell too many times what can i say exactly i mean for me it was like GTA 3 was the first game I felt was made for me. GTA San Andreas was the first game I felt that related to me, where I'm playing it and there's just a familiarity built in from the very first moment that you're playing. Normally in games, you're dropped into these wild, completely fantastical circumstances that you could never personally relate to and just over time you figure out how that world and its mechanics work with gta san andreas that learning curve was significantly more shallow because it's just the way things look the things people say the situations you find yourself in there's already an understanding of how i wanted to conduct myself in that situation And then along the way, you know, there are things that I'm not familiar with that I was able to dabble, able to dabble with like the turf wars and just like how to deal with it when you see, when you see those ballers rolling down the street, (laughs) looking for trouble. And overall, the biggest thing about San Andreas that really, that really connected with me or just like really resonated was, I mean, you start in Los Santos and then you know, you're just getting into all kinds of trouble. Eventually, you have to get out of town. You go to San Fierro. You get there. You start getting your business acumen together. You start buying up real estate. And then you make it on out to, to Las Venturas. 
And there, you just it's big money. You get in the record studio. You're doing everything. You're making it. And then toward the end, you find yourself back in Los Santos, back where you started. But you're just you're this changed man. You went outside of your sphere of influence. You gain new knowledge. You gain new status and just a new outlook on life, only to return back to your roots and have to reconcile those two worlds while you know settling old grudges and yeah man gts and andreas it was a watershed moment there was there still hasn't been a game like it there's definitely been imitators such as the saints row franchise uh maybe not i wouldn't say mafia 3 as an imitator just because the lead characters are black but you know, just open world, trying to give you that black experience. Granted, it was a different time period. I haven't played it myself. Yeah, but I think I heard about it. it was pretty cool, at least what they tried to do. Yeah, but San Andreas was the one. That was like, oh, they got it so right. And when you when you look at the credits for the game after you complete it, or just the credits when the game opens, you understand how they got it right because they had all the right people and creatives behind that to make it a very respectful and properly researched in product. Yeah, and one I couldn't have put it more beautifully, like as far as relating to you and relating to us in general, because it's not even like one, it relates, I'm sure, to all black gamers, but then the fact that being a West Coast black gamer and the game mm-hmm. being so West Coast, it like um it was like, oh like this is Everything from like my childhood, which is like '90s rap and like yep. gangster vibe, and, like it was <laughs> right like, looking like Easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it didn't have the great. Mm, I, I, well, I was gonna say it didn't have the greatest black character, which is probably Lamar. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it uh it still had so many great characters that it's definitely like it was definitely one of i had to get it and it was definitely it it met all my expectations and then some and even though franklin and lamar had to share the show with uh michael and trevor i still feel a very strong influence and plenty of screen time being given to franklin and lamar's whole journey that also hit just very close to home especially that opening theme man oh gta 5's opening credits are amazing but but back on san andreas just briefly and i think i almost i almost forgot what i wanted to say but i san andreas came out in what 2004 and i believe the wire had come out in the way you remember when the wire came out no clue because I hopped into the wire like around season three. So I wasn't even on it from the beginning. So just funny story about how these two kind of overlap when San Andreas came out and I was getting used to how to play the game. I noticed that if when drug dealers die, they drop like five grand on the ground. So I was going around, I was going around the Grove just looking for the drug dealers on the corner and hunting them down. Like basically, I was Omar without having ever seen The Wire. Uh, <laughs> looking it up, it looks like The Wire came out in 2002. So, hey, maybe that's a little a little hat tilt toward The Wire, just having that mechanic in there where you could be, <laughs> you could be Omar. Omar coming. It's an A-Dub coming. <laughs> <laughs> 
I made a career. And I would like, I would let them go through their whole little sales pitch and it would set up the mechanic and I would just pull the piece out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always love like growing up on those LL Cool J looking dudes with the Kangol hats. <laughs> yeah. They had to throw in that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. San Andreas was classic. Yeah. It's uh, definitely uh, shots to San Andreas for um, just doing it right, to Rockstar for doing it right and making us proud. <laughs> doing it right. Definitely sensitive subject matter. They could have messed that up or been very derogatory, but they got it right. Yeah. And uh, was it the... One of the first games to have sex in it with the uh, the shark. Have <laughs> you had the shark? It, unintentionally. <laughs> was that is that the was that the hot coffee? The that was hot the coffee? hot coffee. <laughs> yeah. OG hot coffee. So many many things coming from San Andreas that are till this day like just part of the lexicon. <laughs> Damn man, uh, you got anything else? Nah, that's it. Do you have any uh, final words, A Dub? Be safe out there. I know that everybody's rising up, taking to the streets, demanding change. I think they they painted Pennsylvania Avenue to say Black Lives Matter from space and change it to Black Lives Matter Place Northwest. So that's going to be interesting if you want to send mail to the White House. Uh, Also, yeah, just be safe out there. There's still a virus out there. Make sure you're taking all the measures necessary to keep yourself and those around you safe from, you know, spreading anything deadly at the same time. You know, this this is the time to demand change. So it's a tightrope to walk. Just make sure you're doing so steadily. Be safe out there. And we'll get back to the gaming when everything simmers down. Yeah, sorry. Um, just wanted to add one more thing, just because um, what you were saying. Um, if you are uncomfortable, because uh, you definitely should be worried about COVID still, and you don't want to go out to the protest because you have like people to look after. Um, what's been really cool is there's been a lot of um, a lot of charities and legal defense funds and along those lines just being tossed out there. So there are ways that you can still. Um, help the cause without having to expose yourself or your family. So just look out for that too. If you're trying to stay at home and be responsible. Absolutely. So with that, a dub, this is control issues. I am C. And this is a dub. We are control issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers.